Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, you've tuned in to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, and I just realized here as I'm sitting here, bear with me just one moment. Oopsie daisy, there we go. The chair was a little bit low um, because we, uh, when, when we, we did a segment for uh, the TV show yesterday, and I had to lower the, the seat to get a better camera angle for everything we were trying to do and i did not raise that up so there you go folks email todd at toddhuffshow.com questions thoughts feedback opinions and yes of course even adoration and praise are accepted there as as well um i want to talk today well let, let's talk there's developments in in ottawa now they're, they're arresting people. They're proud of this, by the way. I saw a New York Times article late last night. Canada Live updates. Police began arresting protest organizers. Tamara Litch, this is again the New York, New York Times here, one of the leaders of the demonstration was arrested on Thursday night after promises from police officials of an imminent clamp down on the occupation now folks this this is such a moment that all the what i want to say all the pieces of the puzzle are laying right in front of everyone's eyes we can all we all have the same puzzle pieces it's how do how do we choose to assemble it do we assemble it based upon what the government, what Trudeau is telling us, what the media is telling us, or do we say, you know what, let me just think about this on my own for a moment. Because I've got a sneaking suspicion that the folks in the media, the folks in the government, um, aren't really being forthcoming with me, aren't really sharing accurate information. They at least, at at the bare minimum, they at least have an interest. A a uh, they're not an unbiased group of individuals. The media is not, and that is critically important to understand. And the government is not, right? Those those two things. I think a lot of people who are naive, they want to believe, you know, that the government is this. I don't know, just altruistic group of people. I it, it's preposterous to me that someone can really believe that, especially when we look at the greatest atrocities that have been committed against humanity. Those things have happened at the hands of government throughout the millennia. This is undeniable. It's there for anybody who wants to see it. But folks today will convince themselves that it's different this time. You know, we've we've 
uh, evolved as human beings. And so now the problems that we face today, uh, our political leaders are not susceptible. Believe me, I, I always hesitate because I never know when someone's going to they may they may tune in mid sentence, which of course is crazy. You should listen to this program in its entirety, and if you miss something, you can download the podcast. But that's beside the point. So I want to make sure you know I'm not saying this. I'm saying that this is what I think. Um, what I think some people think. I think they believe that the government is always honest. They have. They have no uh, what dog in the fight. Am I allowed to say that? I'm pretty sure there's some college or uh, maybe PETA doesn't want me to say that. That's invoking violence against animals or some such thing. So they don't have what? What can I say? They don't have any. Uh, they don't have an axe to grind. They don't have any personal interests involved. They're just they're benevolent, and there are people that believe that. That is not true, by the way. That is not true. In fact, I've got. I've got people that, um, we all do, that it's it's interesting to me the amount of anger and hatred that folks may have for big business, which I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. I think we should be, I think we should be wise. I think we should pay attention. I think we should understand the interests of, of all different parties, um, whether they be business or individuals or politicians or media or what have you. Um, and I think we should examine those things and, and keep those things in mind. Be fair uh, in our dealings with all people and just just pay attention to behavior. Don't pay attention to words. I mean, words are important. Don't misunderstand, but pay attention to words and actions. As I shared the other day, there's a quote that I love that says, what you do speaks so loudly that I cannot hear what you are saying. And unfortunately, that message has not gotten through that quote, that truth, has not gotten through to a lot of people in Canada who support Trudeau still, in this country that support the status and the authoritarians and the tyrants and the masked Nazis and so forth. And that's not, that message hasn't gotten through. They see, it's remarkable, they see the people on the, at the Super Bowl, maskless, partying, living it up. They see the Stacey Abrams sitting with kindergartners or whatever grade they were, little kids, and they see her sans mask, they see her without her mask, and they see the students all in their masks. And because these politicians and celebrities, LeBron James types, uh, come out and basically um, say the things that the left wants them to say it, it somehow gives them a pass for how they behave or live their lives. And I'm not, I'm just saying, look, just be consistent, right? If you're out there acting like every person is going to catch COVID and there's a hundred percent fatality rate. If, and, and the only way to stop it is masks and vaccines. then you better have your vaccine and your booster and your second booster and your 49th booster. And you also had better, Always be in your mask. I don't want to see you getting your picture taken with Eric Garcetti, currently the mayor of the city of Los Angeles, without his mask on. Of course, he's holding his breath. That's right. <gasps> holding his breath for his pictures. That's what we're supposed to believe. 
right? This is the this is the kind of stupid stuff that we're subjected to. We are way we are way too smart for this to fall into this into this trap. And so I watched this unfold in um, in Canada, and I see how people put their trust in their government. They believe them wholeheartedly. Same people that think business is constantly lying. And let's just let's just say, for the sake of argument, that that is true. I'm not making that definitive case because, of course, there are uh, individual circumstances that we must weigh and uh, decide if individuals lie, not if a group of people are lying. It's a problem that I have with our media and culture today too. But anyway, we got to look at the evidence and the specifics pertaining to a specific allegation if someone in the case of this example is is lying but what's remarkable is the same people that run corporations if they are appointed to some government commission if they someday leave their post at a publicly traded company or some large corporation and suddenly begin working in government the same folks <laughs> it is beyond my ability to, to understand logically because they will then – because someone has a title of a government agent or government representative or what have you, suddenly that person is to be to be believed. And I think the naivete that is required to come to that conclusion, the blindness, the willing willingness to be blind, blinded by the truth or blinded to the truth is, is – beyond fascinating to me it, it it is it is crazy to think about and then on top of that we look at the destruction and mayhem that governments and individual politicians and people with political power the amount of damage and chaos and death and suffering and gulag you know internment and abuse and torture and you name it, that has been inflicted, that has been inflicted upon citizens of nations around the world for, again, millennia, is there for anybody to see. This is the nature of government. This is why our, na our nation, our founders, limited the size and scope of our government. They were very intentional about this. But the founders also understood that if if men were angels, no government would be necessary. They knew that men and women, by the way, were not were not angels, just being uh, gender fair. By the way, did you see in the UK, they're now literally talking about the, the latest woke phenomenon or craze, which is whether students at schools should be talking about their teachers and referring to them as Mr. Whatever or Mrs. Whatever. That's... That's so 2020, maybe 2021, that we've got to get we've got to get past that. And so this whole this whole mentality, this willingness to be blind by certain people to the truth, to the dangers of government, is what gets us to this point. Now we've got police in Canada arresting protesters. The New York Times seems to be very happy with this, believing that. This is the, the folks are going to. Uh, th this is, I guess, just again referring to this as an occupation. Again, it's right there. The puzzle pieces are there. This is 
defining terms and assigning the way that we're going to talk about an issue is going to determine how the people who are mind-numb robots that are taking their cues from the media and government on how they're going to you know think about an issue this is this language matters occupation that's what the canadian government says the new york times is trying to do to stop the occupation of the nation's capital the occupation if we can define these folks as occupiers if we can define these folks as terrorists if we can define these folks as uh, you know individuals who are not worthy of being called Canadians if these folks can be classified as the others as Trudeau has tried to do as folks that are standing with Nazis and fascists and the folks that are anti-science the folks that hate women and probably children probably want to pollute the air poison the water just destroy scorched earth everything that they touch they want to burn their nation to the ground this is how trudeau this this again a straw man argument this is a false argument a false narrative but this is who these folks are they're professional deceivers now they're arresting folks and again i ask the question for what i've looked and maybe it's out there i don't see the charges that she's that she's being as of right now that that of course could could have been something i didn't somewhere i didn't see it um but she's calling this well i shouldn't say she the spokesperson is calling tamara lich's arrest um absolutely baseless and a disgrace to any liberal democracy although not a surprise and from what i can gather that seems to be correct but again when you have forces like the media like the government who are hell-bent on creating a narrative that makes them out to look like the good folks, the folks that are trying to just do their jobs and drive down the number of COVID infections and keep people from dying, and then you define your political adversaries, folks that, you know, these, these truckers and other folks that are supporting them, if you can define them as racist, if you can define them as not really Canadian, these folks are unhinged, they're terrorists, they're occupiers. You see how this is effective on on some level to, to some people. It's not effective to the free thinkers because we see through this and we know what this is precisely what this is, which is propaganda. This is propaganda. The New York Times is effectively, I think, kind of cheering this on. It's about time Trudeau came in and arrested these people. Again, I would like to know for what. I would like to know for what. Um, but again, then again, I, I'm looking for information to make my own decision, not just to follow a narrative. And I know you are as well. But these principles, these principles of liberty and freedom, the right to petition your government for a redress of grievances, which again is not just for Americans and their governments. This right exists for all people given to them by their creator, God, because we are given our rights by God, not by government. Government simply chooses to recognize those. It's the truth that we have them. They must choose to recognize them. If they don't, we have an obligation. And yes, I say an obligation to make sure that they know that we intend on 
claiming those rights, defending those rights, communicating those rights to the next generation, explaining those rights, explaining the role of government, explaining the role, uh, explaining what liberty is, educating and passing along those principles that have made nations like the United States great. Truly, these are the ideas that made them great. And they are, they are hanging in the balance in, in Canada. They're hanging in the balance here as well. Now we've got trucker convoys that are apparently going to make their way to Washington, D.C. We'll see how this whole thing plays out. This is nowhere near over. But what we know right now is that the tyrant, the authoritarian Justin Trudeau, is upping the ante, and he's doing what dictators do, what thugs do. If we folks, if this was happening in, I mean, some, I don't, take your pick, some African nation, Middle Eastern nation, somewhere around the world that we're not, you know, blinded by all the political narratives and so forth. And we just, there were stories coming out of the leader of a country arresting people for protesting effectively. And if there's something else happening there, by all means, let us know what that would be, Justin Trudeau and your Gestapo. But if that's the case, then explain it to the people. But some people are happy just to see these their political opponents, the, the trucker convoy, the people that are honking the horns. I got a story I want to reference in the next segment about how these technocrats will try, will try to take something as mundane as what we're dealing with here in comparison to cities burning down to the ground, honking and making it sound like they're jeopardizing these truckers who are honking or jeopardizing the life and health and safety of freedom. You know, just just regular Canadians. The honking is going to damage their health for decades and they may never be the same. And I'm sitting here thinking if if I would have taken a device that measured the number of decibels to a Black Lives Matter rally and pointed out how many decibels it was. You know how, and, and I should have been, but but how, how universally I would be mocked and ridiculed and so forth for doing that. That's really what they're resorting to in Canada. And now they're cheering for people who want to protest their government who want to stand up for their rights to, well, bodily autonomy, to prevent themselves from being forced to be injected with a vaccine that they don't want to take, that doesn't prevent them from having COVID, and that has absolutely at least some side effects, side effects the government doesn't want to pretend exists and doesn't want us talking about at all. And I'm not saying that it's killing people left and right. I'm just saying they don't even want us talking about it. I know some of you are thinking, well, it may be a lot worse than you just portrayed. That's that's fine. That's not the point. They just don't even want us to engage in that conversation. There's a lot wrong with that equation, my friends. But we've got to take a timeout. Listening here to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in mere moments. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by Smalling Masonry. Smallingmasonry.com is the website. If you have a fireplace, if you have uh, a wood-burning stone with a chimney and you are looking to clean or um, just 
do any sort of work with your chimney, anything along those lines, consider reaching out to smallingmasonry.com. They've been supporters of this program, gotten to know Gary. Uh, Gary's a great – in fact, Gary is from not too far from where we are right now, which is a little bit outside of New Orleans. We went to New – I'd never been to New Orleans. We went there um, last night just for a little bit, didn't have a lot of time. Uh, But we did travel to New Orleans. We are on the north side of Lake Pontchartrain, so we actually took the, I think it's 23.8 mile, uh, what's it called, the Lake Pontchartrain Causeway, I think. Um, Pretty incredible. I mean, just the feat of engineering, and and, I mean, when you're out in the middle of that thing, you, it feels like you're in the middle of the the ocean, but really... uh, Really neat and, and to, to, to visit New Orleans. But Gary, he's not from New Orleans. He's from a town in southern Louisiana. But anyway, if you're needing help cleaning the chimney or doing something with um, you know, an insert, looking to upgrade or do some work on your fireplace, um, consider reaching out. Smallingmasonry, smallingmasonry.com, 317-903-8121, 317-903-8121. Eight one two one. Be sure to tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. And I was looking for that article that I was referencing during the break, and I don't know where I put this. I thought I had it in my stack of stuff. It's not there. But I'm going to summarize really quickly what the article was was um, talking about. I thought it was the New York Times. I could be wrong. It might have been something else because I don't seem to find it in my stack of New York Times stuff. But effectively, there was an article... And it showed, it showed like a, a you know those, uh, what like a, a color, like a graph that shows, how do I want to, it almost looks like a weather radar. It's like a heat, you know what I mean? Like a heat, uh, it's got different levels of, you know, darker colors and then it gets to the edges and it gets cooler and then, you know, the cooler colors and then it, like a heat map of sorts. The folks that wrote this article took the time to do a heat map to effectively show us the problems, just how devastating honking is in the city. I kid kid you not, folks. Now, I share with my wife, if I lived in Ottawa, I'd be annoyed by the honking and the, the, the frustrations of traveling and so forth. But I would also understand, I mean, because I... We get this stuff, right? I understand the importance of what they're trying to do and the importance of the freedom-loving individual winning this showdown and not the totalitarian, authoritarian dictators in the Canadian government and elsewhere. And so I I, I told my wife, you know, if, if – the idea that the honking would keep me up – now, I'm not, I'm not there, so I can't say – maybe it's a lot – Worse than I think. I I know it's a nuisance, um, but I would probably look at getting... I sleep with the fan anyway. I'd turn the fan on. I would look at getting some noise-canceling headphones, maybe a white noise machine. To me, there's things I could do besides just act like my hearing was about to be destroyed for the rest of my life which is what this article, which I think I thought was written by the New York Times, maybe it isn't. So that's, it, 
meanwhile, I just compare and contrast and, and, and just how the media dealt with the Black Lives Matter protests. We all remember the CNN, I think it was a CNN reporter who stood in front of a city that was on fire and it said something, the, the ticker at the bottom said something like uh, mostly peaceful protest <laughs> or something like that at the bottom. And, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. And obviously what we were witnessing in that example, and I forget which city, that might have been Kenosha. Kenosha, yeah. Oz is nodding. I think it was Kenosha. Anyway, the point is I don't remember any stories on the harmful effects of all of the pollutants that are put into the atmosphere or to the air that we breathe even. In, in cities when a building is burned. Maybe there's, you know, if it's older building, maybe there's asbestos in the air. Maybe that uh, smoke is cancer-causing and has been found in California to cause cancer. We, I don't remember stories on that. Um, I remember lots of noise. I remember things flying through the air. I don't remember stories on how bricks flying through the air could hit innocent bystanders in the head, causing permanent damage, uh, injuring them, and perhaps even uh, fatally wounding them if it hits a certain place with a certain amount of force. I don't remember those stories. I don't remember journalists walking around with devices that measured the noise level or that measured the amount of violence that they went around and documented how many uh, you know, cop cars they saw flipped over, how many uh, cases of gunfire or fighting in the streets, physical assault, uh, how many dollars were lost uh, by local economies, by the, you know, with the destruction of businesses, with looting, um, the businesses that were looted and burnt to the ground or destroyed or severely damaged that never opened back up. I'm still amazed when I go to downtown Indianapolis. I mean, it is not, it's not the same place. And you know what? I don't fault people who decided after what they went through, we're not coming back to this. We, you know, the city isn't, maybe some people came to the conclusion, the city isn't what it is now, you know, compared to what it was then. It's not, you know, things have obviously changed to where that's now a thing, to where that can happen. I don't remember any of that stuff. But the, the, the lengths they go to try to make it sound like these people, A, the Canadian protesters are either, well, occupiers or racists or and, you know, science deniers or Nazis or, I mean, just fill in the blank. It is the same, the same thing that they do to conservatives here in this country. And they'll do the right articles that are supposed to look like some sort of a deep analysis like this article was that talked about you know just how how much I don't know if the word they used was pollution but how much how much bad stuff long lasting negative effects you know these things that are happening are going to cause long lasting effects on the health of the people in Ottawa and of course people are like man I don't want people to be sick no I don't want people to be harmed but look at the degree that we're stretching things to try to make it look like that's really what it is. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we ignored reality when 
Black Lives Matter burned cities to the ground. And if you called that violent, you were called names as well. You were trying to undermine the necessary uh, free speech that these protesters had, which, by the way, they did have, but not the rioters. You don't have the right to riot. You have the right to free speech, the freedom of assembly, and, and that sort of thing. But anyway, this is what they do. This is what technocrats do. And I'm telling you, deep down, I don't know how to articulate this completely, what's, what's working in my mind, but the best I can say at this point in time is, I think that some folks, some folks could be swayed to believe that freedom is a bad thing if somebody went went at the New York Times, for example, and wrote an article that they talked to scientists and scientists found that freedom is unhealthy or whatever. There would be people that say, well, then we can't have freedom. And they would think that was the right thing. They would think that was pro-science. I'd be sitting here banging my head against the wall trying to figure out how to get through to such a blockhead of a, you know, of, of a thinker. But anyway, well, it's not thinking at all. It's just reaction. But that's what concerns me is people can be led by these technocrats to believe that something is much greater in the case of, you know, the, the, the damage being inflicted upon the health and safety of the citizens of Ottawa. They make that look so much more serious and dangerous. Meanwhile, when cities are ablaze, when places are being looted, when jobs are destroyed, businesses leave communities, fires are burning freely in cities, police are afraid to go in or are told not to go in, cop cars are flipped over, set on fire, danced on top of, bricks and stones are flying through the city, Assaults and gunfire happening. That's not a serious thing. Can you see? I know you see this, but just it, the level of willingness, the, the, the commitment, I should say, to be willingly naive and ignorant as to what's really happening is deep, folks. And I've got to take a break. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I want to shift gears here a little bit. Um, I want to end the week on something that has humored me kind of to no end. And it's something I I referenced yesterday. Um, So I referenced it quickly. And Oz was kind of chuckling about this. So it got me to thinking maybe I should make sure that we have more more time to talk about this, but Biden was speaking at a conference of county government officials. He was speaking at a conference of county government officials. I don't know if I know where this thing was, but he's up there at the podium and he's talking about something he did. I presume from what I can gather, um, something he claimed to have done. Let me start off by saying that he claimed to have done this when he was, I think, serving on the Newcastle County Council from Delaware um, in the early 19th. I think he was elected. I thought I saw 1969. It's it's around the early 70s. For, for the frame of reference on Biden's timeline, this would have been about eight to ten years after he had that showdown with the legendary corn pop. This would have been 
um, about eight or ten years past the the legend of corn pop, which you know, as I was thinking about this, I thought some people may not really know. Folks may not really know just how close this president came um, to not, you know, having the opportunity to be president because of the dangerous encounter he had with Corn Pop back circa 1962 in Wilmington, Delaware. So I wanted to play this. I wanted to play this two-minute soundbite where Biden himself explains to all of us the legend of Corn Pop. I learned a lot. And I learned that uh, it makes a difference. This was the diving board area, mm-hmm. and I was one of the guards. And there were a lot of there was a three meter board, and you fell off sideways. You landed on the damp, uh, the darn cement over there. <laughs> and Corn Pop was a bad dude. Bad dude. Corn and he Pop. ran a bunch of bad boys. Bad boys. And I did. Yeah, he, and back in those days, the mm-hmm. shot things have changed. One of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. Tough guy. Well, he came off, and he said, I'll meet you outside. My car, this hate was mostly, these were all public housing behind it. My car, there was a gate out here. Mm-hmm. I parked my car outside the gate. And I, he said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys in straight razors. Straight Not a joke. Not a joke. There was a guy named Bill Wright, Mouse, uh-huh. the only Mouse. white guy, and he did all the pools. The only white guy. He was the mechanic. And I said, what am I going to do? He said, come down here in the basement race where the mechanics, where, where, where all the pool f- f- filter is. Uh-huh. You know the chain? There used to be a chain that went across the deep end. Sure, why not? And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He pulled <laughs> up. He said, you walk out. You walk out with that this. chain. Take this out there, and you and show corn pop. And you walk in the car and say, you may duck me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Yikes. I said, you kidding me. He said, no, if you don't, don't come back. And he was right. He was right. Biden so I walked says. out with the chain. And I walked up to my car. What in the world is and they had this? Said, in those days, you used to remember the straight race. You'd bang Why them not? on the curb, get bang. them rusty, put them sure. in a rain barrel, get them rusty. What? Put them in I a looked ra- at them, but I was smart He'd then. He'd go up in the yard? I said, first of all, I said, when I tell you get off the board, you get off the board, and I'll kick you out again. But I shouldn't have called you, Esther Williams. I apologize mm-hmm. for that. I apologize, but I didn't know that apology was going to work. He said, you apologize to me? I said, sure, I apologize for that. Not for throwing you out. No, nope, not for that. I apologize for what I said. Because I'm going to wrap he this said, chain okay, around your head. He said, okay, close straight razor, and my heart began to beat again. Oh, my gosh. That's the story of Corn Pop, which is, of all the Biden stories, I have to tell you, this is this is my personal favorite. I love the part where he talks about, you know, like like it's common knowledge, where you, you used to, we used to chip razor blades up on the sidewalk and, and soak them in, in water so they'd get rusty, and you could get in a knife fight with someone on the streets of Wilmington, Delaware, 1962, while you've got a six-foot length of chain wrapped around your head that you're going to wrap around the head of, of Corn Pop. What on earth is this? This is the same guy that's telling stories of little kids rubbing his leg hair and all sorts of stuff. So just to set the timeline, I wanted to play this because I knew I wanted to reference this to, to lay the timeline. This would have been Biden's confrontation with Corn Pop. The legend of Corn Pop would have happened about eight to ten years prior to Biden putting dead dogs on the <laughs> on the doorsteps of Republicans when he was um, county councilman, or I think that's what it was. Not a joke. In fact, we'll play that after the break, my friends. Sit tight, listening to conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back here in just a minute. 
Welcome back, my friends. Let's play what Biden said at this convention or what have you. Here we go. Let's cue this up. Here he is. This I'm not making up this story. I know it sounds like it, but I'm not. One night. Here it is. A woman said to me, obviously not of the same persuasion as I was politically, called me and said, there's a dead dog on my lawn. And I said, yes, ma'am. I said, have you called the county? He said, yes, they're not here. And I said, well, I'll get them in the morning. She said, I want it removed now. I pay your salary. So I went over. I picked it up. She said, I want it out of my front yard. I put it on her doorstep. You believe that? That's my first question. Do you? I mean, part of me thinks that this is totally possible. This could have been a story that he said happened last week. And I'm thinking this is a possibility. But I also know that this guy has, I mean, a long history of not, of, of making things up from being in civil rights marches and all kinds. I don't want to get into all that. That's that's my first question. But the second the second thing I thought about this is this is actually quite telling of how liberals think about government. It really is. It is it's how they think about their role as government. If someone challenges them, and I'm not condoning what he says the lady did. I mean, she, there's nothing wrong with her saying some of these things, but if she's basically acting unreasonable and whatever, that's that's a different story. But he appears to be fine with treating taxpayers like dirt, mocking them, maybe even abusing the taxpayers, putting a dead dog on her porch. What in the world is wrong with this guy? Quick time out, my friends. Come back and wrap up for the week. Back in mere moments. Welcome back, my friends. I tell you, Biden, look, I, he's he's dangerous when in power. When not in power, it's, I mean, kind of kind of humorous, some of this stuff. Unintentionally humorous, as most of the radical left is. But I think, again, I think these comments, I think these comments really do reveal how the left thinks about the taxpayer. I do. I think that. To think... To think that you would go, and again, I don't know if this happened. I, I, I'm, I'm up in the air on that. But at the same time, I do think Biden is arrogant enough and self righteous enough to do this. I, liberals in general, the radical left, because then again, again, folks, the point is the left thinks that. Your job and my job and the job of the taxpayer constituents is to obey. It's not that's not our jobs. Our jobs are to hold these folks accountable. And I'm not saying to be, you know, there's a line. You can't just you got to treat people with dignity and respect. And folks should, I mean, be given a chance to to do their jobs and to not we shouldn't just assume that every public official especially at that local of a level is some troublemaker or whatever but the bottom line is this is not it's more dangerous to me to think about what biden thinks his role is for the taxpayer which is well pick up your dead dog and put it on your porch just to make a point 
Anyway, like I said, this could have happened years ago or last week, and I'm 50-50 on believing it at all anyway. So, folks, I've got to go. Have a great weekend. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care. See you Monday.